Welcome back to Immovable Objects, a classic wrestling podcast. Episode number 15 today, reviewing the second half of WrestleMania 7. Last week, we reviewed all of WrestleMania 7 up to the career-ending match between Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage. Today, we review the rest of the card, including figuring out what's going to happen in the free world as Hulk Hogan, defending America, takes on the Iraqi sympathizer, Sergeant Slaughter. We've got a whole lot of other stuff underneath, and we're going to finish it up with our awards for the show. And before we get into that, Cramine, let me ask you a quick question, if you will. Uh, can I make a quick statement? You may make a quick statement, and then First, I have a question. I, I take exception to the phrase Iraqi sympathizer. Uh, he is straight up serving Su Sudan Hussein. <laughs> We are led to believe by this story. It's not like, uh, no, I just really think Iraq deserves whatever in Kuwait. Like, they should really just invade and they have a right to do it. Like, that's not what it is. He's not just an American saying that. He has defected to hmm. Iraq. <laughs> like, that's the story. You can't really argue with that. You are actually completely right. Yeah. He's and backed so, by a general, for God's sake. Right. So perhaps... You know, perhaps I am nitpicking here, but I do not think that phrase is accurate. I think he is the Iraqi turncoat, perhaps, traitor, uh, defector, you know. I just think, uh, you know, that's a, that's a misnomer, Iraqi sympathizer. That is all. I think you are correct. And my question is, yes. compared to the first half of WrestleMania, yes. was this comparatively better worse or about the same to you the best thing on the show was uh, like right at the splitting point between these two halves so By far. yeah it's not even close and we'll get into the quality of what we're watching uh and the quantity of what we're watching but uh no the first half was better because it had one really good thing <laughs> right and, and like you know the tag, like, you know, I'm a Bret Hart fan, so the tag title match was good. You know, and stuff like that is going on in the first half. Um, But this is not a good show. No. <laughs> really, by any stretch of the imagination. It's a big show, right? It feels like a, like a big event, even in the smaller building, you know? They might only have a tenth of the people they were supposed to have, but the people are still loud. Yeah. It still feels true. like a big deal. That's true. And boy, and do it's they have indoor, to... so the acoustics are better. That's true. And they, they, despite, you know, having to figure out a whole ticket rigmarole and finding out, you know, what tickets they gave away and how many, you know, seats they could open up at the last minute and everything, they did at least land some A-list celebrities. They had Regis. Mm -hmm. They had... Alex Trebek, Marla Maples. They mm -hmm. did not have Herb. They did not have Clara Peller. Those are big letdowns. But, you know. But, but later on in the show, they did have one fast food mascot that you recognized. The Ronald McDonald <laughs> individual in the crowd. There was someone who seemed what to be dressed was that? like Ronald McDonald. I cannot remember. So I wish I could. This person is, uh, they're wearing like 
Hulk stuff, right? So it's all red and yellow, but they're also wearing a red or a yellow blazer. Is that correct? Am I yes. remembering correctly? You are. Yeah. So I could see how that could kind of look like Ronald McDonald. Um, but like, that's just red and yellow. That's just branding, you know? It's just that's Hulkamania true. and the fucking Golden Arches. Well, Hulkamania is just the psychology of branding. That's right. Hulkamania and Ronald McDonald are basically the same thing. That's true. If you think about it, it makes sense. So now we are on to the WrestleMania seven show and we, uh, we probably should have like watched the intermission shit before because it just starts off with the endless awful intermission. (laughs) It's Right. I don't know whether it's no, because I wanted you had to have the Macho Man and Elizabeth Angle main event. That that like, is the, the peak, yeah. That's like turn off my TV, and I'm a happy guy at that point. You know what I mean? There's lots to talk about with this celebrity shit. By all means, please run away with it. Let's go. So first, we've got Regis Philbin, and he's backstage with the Undertaker and Paul Bearer. Undertaker has just won his first of. I don't know, a paltry number of WrestleMania matches. Um, and so Regis is like, well, I'm back here with, you know, the Undertaker and Paul Bearer. And they're like, they've got like a tape measure and they're like measuring his shoulders and his height and all this shit. And they're very clearly measuring him for a coffin. And Regis just has to vamp. And he put in his best effort, but I don't know. This was like cute, but it wasn't very good um i'd agree with that yeah and then they go to uh, so regis throws he's like all right you know this isn't this is i'm a little freaked out let's go to you alex who's let's see where he's at and he's backstage with demolition and alex trebek for whatever reason is explaining what jeopardy is you know, well, on my show, I give the questions or I give, you know, the answers and the contestants have to give me the questions. And as Alex Trebek is explaining the rules of Jeopardy, Smash is making, if you've ever watched a demolition promo, you know what Smash Face is. Because it sounds like he's not making any noise, but his face is making you think he's going, ooh, <laughs> Ah, and it makes it sound like that's how he's reacting to the rules of Jeopardy. <laughs> I just thought that was very funny. Um, and then Demolition cut a shitty promo because Crush is not as good as Axe. This is this is unfortunately the lowest of the low for Demolition, where Billy Eddie is gone, and uh, it's Smash and Crush. Um, and and Master Fuji. And, of course, Master Fuji. Yes, yes. Uh, Alex Trebek starts off the segment with, you know, here I am backstage with Demolition and their manager, Mr. Fuji. And Smash goes, hey, that's Master Fuji. So, okay. Jeez. <laughs> and, yeah, this wasn't very good. And they throw back to Regis. This was the worst of the worst of the worst yep. of the worst. So, um. Regis Philbin is backstage with legitimate Japanese wrestling legends, Janichiro Tenru and Koji Kitao. Uh, Regis... Legend for the first one, true. K- Tenru, I, I'm okay. Okay, I I know Tenru is a legend. 
Katow was a star, right? Katow was a star and he sucked shit. Okay, yeah. fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, he was he was um, he was a marginal, like he was like a star at different points and was but, uh But Tenru is like an Okada Tanahashi level star, correct? All, a legitimate all yeah, Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. all time, yeah. all my life. Yeah. Um and so Regis is just like asking them a bunch of, you know, how do you feel going into your match? Point the microphone in their face. They don't fucking speak English. So far, I'm like, okay, like language barrier. Let's see where they go. I already know where they go because I've seen it before and I know it's bad. <laughs> but bear with me, right? Regis asks, do you speak any uh, Ingliso? Which uh, just makes me cringe just saying it. My my guts want to jump out of my body just from describing that. And then it gets worse. Because then he says, uh, let me see here. Isuzu, Toyota, Honda. That's really bad. And they get then, excited. And they, they start to say, oh, yeah, Honda's a pretty good car or whatever <laughs> they're saying. I, you know, because I, I don't know J- Japanese. But... Then the only good part of this segment comes when Tenru and Katow call him Kathy Lee. <laughs> and I don't know, like, I don't know if the joke was they think his name is Kathy Lee because they just don't know which is which. Or they're like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. That's that shitty guy from that show with Kathy Lee. We like Kathy Lee. Fuck <laughs> this guy. Like, I don't know <laughs> which it was. But either way, that's fucking funny. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the whole fucking bottom drops out because Regis is giving up on just like trying to scrape together recognizable brand names that these guys might know and he just goes full fucking Sesame Street and he this made me so mad he pinches each of them on the cheek and says you Tenru, you Kitao. And I'm like mad again from describing it. This was the worst thing. Right? Like, what was worse yeah. than this on this show? Yeah. Was he was he trying to do the me John Big Tree thing from Airplane? I, my read on it was me Tarzan, you Jane. Ah, that would make But it sense. could have been any combination of those kinds of things, right? Yep. And it was horrible. It sucked. If if you did the like, if you did the back and forth right of the like, I'm going to ask you questions. Oh shit, you don't speak English, and you know, as long as they have a like, who the fuck is this guy kind of vibe, and then you do the bit with the car names, and it's like, whoa, that's not cool. You draw a little heel heat on Regis, and then you do the Kathy Lee joke. This works once again. You could have had an okay segment. Pull the racist shit out of it. But Vince McMahon does have this thing. Because I don't want to lay this on Regis. You do have to a little because he's a huge enough star to be like, this is fucked up and I don't want to do it. But he did it. You know what I mean? But this is a Vince thing where he thinks anyone who doesn't speak English is a baby. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Not into it. Don't like it. Not into it. Don't like it. Um. Yeah, this was a thumbs down. This was a like minus four and three quarter star segment. The Kathy Lee joke saved it. 
that little quarter star. Like that joke is worth more than a quarter star, but this was so bad that that joke is only worth a quarter star. You know, them's the breaks. Yeah, this is awful. So it's it's really remarkable that we followed one of the greatest angles of all time with just this awful chat. Well, it's intermission, you know. This it's is inter- at least at least do something fun. At least let there be one promo that's like fun. Instead, it's man flurry, you know, man flurry, man flurry. That's what yeah. they thought they were doing. <laughs> That's true. I, you know, and it doesn't even is... end there. There's more. Well, I didn't mind this. Yeah, this was this was okay. Now, yes, quantity and quality so far have been uh, <laughs> you got you got it backwards. But this was right in that sweet spot. So we're back to Alex Trebek, who is with Jake Roberts and Damien. And uh, Trebek is like, well, you know, I'm uh, not a big fan of even when it's a category on the show. I'm not a big fan of snakes and, uh, you know, I'm uh, whatever. And then uh, you learn that Damien is a big Jeopardy fan. And Jake's like, I think Damien wants to be a contestant on the show. And Alex Trebek is like, fuck this. I'm out of (laughs) here. And Jake says, well, Damien, I guess you'll just have to settle for the home game. That's a five star line. That's a five star fucking punchline. That was good shit. Yeah. Legit. Um, Because younger listeners, as I'm sure we have many, we're very hot in the demos. Um, But right, like one of the consolation prizes, if you go on Jeopardy and like you don't win any money is like you get the home like board game version of Jeopardy. And that's all Damien got, I guess. Oh, 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 now I get it. Oh, what did you think it was? I have no, like, I just assumed that they played along while watching. But uh, no, what you said is, no, is yeah. correct. Like, because, uh, right, it's like, you know, and our third place contestant will, as a consolation prize, will receive the home version of Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune or whatever the fuck show you're watching. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, free board game for coming in last on the show. It's just, that's fine. It's more board games than I had going into the show, so whatever. Regardless. Yeah, this was all a waste of time. Like the Damien Jake Trebek thing was fun. Um but I didn't need this cuz like it's 2021 and I can pause the show if I need to use the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so so like through that lens this was pointless. Um so we get demolition with Mr. Fuji, Master Fuji. Master yeah, versus Tenru and Katow. I couldn't remember because, like, the line, the the lyrics to Demolition's theme song is "Here comes the axe, here comes the smasher," and I'm like, wait, that's not what it is anymore. So what the fuck is the music? And I don't know what this music was. It sucked. Yeah, it did and not sound even... like their music. No, it was bad. And like now, I'm like now I almost understand why it's like. Wow, without acts, like you lose the song, the whole fucking act falls apart. You know, I don't know. It was bad. It really did. It's absolute well, dog shit. And now. it's par- right, and it's partly because you replaced him with someone who sucks. Um so Kitao come out to what I have to assume is just uh sorry, were they all Japan or New Japan? They had just left. So So they the, were the, free agents? No, so Tenru had um gotten an offer to found his own company this is when sws forms so if you remember the big 
um, what was the big show? Wrestling? The, uh, not... the New Japan WWF show. The New Japan All Japan WWF show. Right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, the one that had the fabulous uh, Baba and Andre versus Demolition <laughs> Match. And Bret Hart versus Misawa. Yeah, versus Tiger Mask <laughs> Misawa. <laughs> just, just like weeks or months before Misawa dropped the mask and had that like all-time classic great match with Jumbo and beat him, um, yeah. which I think was precipitated by Tenru forming SWS. So long story short, Tenru is running a third company in Japan at this point. Pretty much built around him. That's why they brought Katao back. Because Katao had, I think, by this point, flamed out of all Japan. Because he's just not good. But he was like a legitimate sumo. Like, you know, really great. I think they, if I remember correctly. I think they mention it. Yeah. Yeah. So they, like, literally made him a Yokozuna. Even though he hadn't earned it. Simply because they were trying to make a star. Because, you know, the sumo world is. Sort of like putting the belt on Roman Reigns. Ima- imagine if it, like. MMA and you put the belt on like some some mid-level fighter with no charisma <laughs> someone who doesn't really w- wins half their fights and does no one cares about sure, but, sure 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 you know but maybe that's not fair because he did actually win some lose somebody just evidently just shit work ethic yeah. and as you can see by his professional wrestling in this match it's probably not this bad in the Japan shows but close to it was he the one who had the fight with um John Tenta. I'm trying oh, dude, to remember. I don't know. I'm try- I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember if that was uh, him or if that was, uh, I think it was. Well, because John Tenta also did sumo, didn't he? He did. He did. Yeah. So, yeah, so they fought, they had like a little shoot in the middle of a match where like Katao didn't want to put him over. Uh, I think this was when he was still in all Japan. And just like, a, like, wait, like a shoot sumo match? Well, like they're having a match, but then Katal stops selling and like throws like a low kick and oh, Tenta is like God. yelling at him like, you know, wrestle, wrestle, you know, I would love for a fucking sumo match to break out. I guess that's. No, that would be shitty in a. Well, I don't know. Worked sumo would probably suck like worked boxing would. Right. But uh, I don't know shit about sumo, so I don't know. Well, I mean, you got to see that great big show versus Akabono match at a wrestlemania right yeah i watched it once like 15 years ago or whatever 13 I, years ago no idea if that was work sumo or not i don't even know what happened in the match but long story it short, it was a minute it was a minute long and it was nothing and big show uh wore a thong like a like a sumo you know mm-hmm. butt cheek type rikishi clothes and uh it was dumb so but. just long story short, Katal was brought back to SWS because they needed a name. Not a whole lot of people jumped with um, with uh, uh, Tenru when he formed the company. So it was, so. was kind of like Jerry Maguire, like, who's coming with me? And then it's like, oh, fuck, only Renee Zellweger. <laughs> no, I, I think, uh, I guess Renee Zellweger in this point would be, um, uh, uh, God. Katal. Well, Katal was brought in, but who was the guy who jumped with him? The old guy who... Uh, Muda took his gimmick from my God. Why can't I remember his name? Sasuke. We saw him. We saw him in the oh. match with uh, with Greg Valentine. Uh, yeah, he looks like somebody's uncle who works on cars. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck uh, is his name? The, God the damn great, it! The Great Kabuki. The Great Kabuki. 
<laughs> he was one of the few people who jumped with Tenru, if I remember correctly. This is all wrestling history stuff, that, and it's not my forte here in 1990, 1991. That's what I recall. Katow sucks absolute dog shit. Uh, this match was not great by any means. Um, so, well, Tenru and Katow, Tenru and Katow come out um, to what I assume is just like the music they were using in Japan because it wasn't like racist pastiche. It wasn't like the Orient Express's music. It no. was, yeah, it was like rock guitar. <laughs> Imagine that. You know, just like every fucking one else in pro wrestling. But it was like cool. Yeah. You know, it sounded it, it sounded Japanese in the way it's something I could imagine in like a Konami game or whatever. Exactly. Not in a like, oh yeah, this sure is what fucking Looney Tunes looked like when they would like racistly show Japan. <laughs> you know? Like yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so the match starts and fucking everyone is going to the bathroom, the merch, the consent. There's so many empty seats. And I don't blame them because what the fuck do these people know about Tenru? Yep. You know? Um, and Heenan, unfortunately, uh, Heenan was real good on the first half of this show. And the cracks start showing here. He does a little bit of goofy shit about knowing, like not knowing how to pronounce their names. I can't remember like what he's, uh, you know, he does some sort of phonetic jokey jokes about their names and it's not as bad as Dusty. Cause it's like, well, you're like a heel and like gorilla, like is like, no, it's Tenru and Kata. Like to gorilla's credit, he knew how to say their names, you know? Um, yeah. So smash, uh, smash. So demolitions move, right? Is smash holds you over the knee Axe does the elbow drop off the second rope. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's got to be crushed because that's just what we have. And uh, Smash has Tenru over his knee uh, for about a million years while Crush is busy beating up Kitao. And eventually they, what was it? He gets out of it? He just Tenru gets out gets of it, out. hits an Enzi. And his, no, he power bombs him, doesn't he? Yeah, he he hits his Enzigiri and then he, he power bombs him, pins him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sets yeah. it up with the Enzi. I didn't love it. I gave it two stars. Wow. Really? All right. Am I, am I being too generous with that? Yeah, or stingy? Take, or? You, you got to guess the day. Guess, guess the day. <laughs> oh, it's a, well, how long was this match? Four minutes, five minutes? Uh, apparently four and a half. Uh, one star. Negative one half star. Negative one half star. Okay. This was, I'm going to coin a phrase. May you rest in peace. This was a uh, ketalstrophy. <laughs> he, okay, first off, he opens up with crush, which is the worst thing you could do. But they sure. only do a few spots, and that spot is Katow punching crush in the head and crush kind of going, oh, this sucks. And then they, like, double him, get the heat on him forever. And yeah. then when he does his comeback, his comeback is just a left-hand, left-arm lariat which he hits Crush with, and Crush sells by basically falling down and, I assume, in his head going, wow, that sucked. Because he just... <laughs> these guys worked like they were in Japan with the strikes. Um, you know, Tenru yeah, comes in, know. House house of Fire, big chops, punching each other in the head. Doesn't seem very fun. 
Well, this was uh, all I've ever seen of Tenru, pretty mm-hmm. much. Well, and you I saw might... the the slaughter or not slaughter savage match at the wrestle. Oh, yeah, I guess I did. Yeah, that's that true. was. That's... I believe you said that was your first Tenru match you can recall seeing, and you loved him. Right, and so I don't know. Maybe I saw some. Maybe I was just focused on the Tenru and Smash of it all because I like the two of them just fine. <laughs> Me too. But, um. This was nothing, but it was short, you know? And I wasn't focusing on how bad Katow was, I guess. I was focusing on how bad Crush was, which I already knew. I so, just, like, whatever. Watch, watching this, and I was, like, my jaw was dropped. Because I'm like, how are you worse than Crush? Green Crush. But No, somehow. Orange Crush. <laughs> R.E.M. Slash Soda. It's good shit, Cramine. Both, I enjoy both of those things, the soda and the song. <laughs> yep, so Tenru pin smash. Demolition is just done. <laughs> They're... It's so done. And I, it's one of those things where it's like, I know one of you, like, one of you is about to become, like, Kona Crush, like, hey, like, go surfing and don't do drugs. Yeah, guy. And that's fine. And the other one is going to be the fucking Repo Man. <laughs> And it's like, how did both guys, like, I mean, Crush ended up with a push mm-hmm. to some, you know, a little bit of one, but how did both guys end up worse after breaking up this dead end tag team? <laughs> it's so crazy. It's pretty did... remarkable to think about Crush's trajectory, isn't it? Because he becomes Kona Crush, which makes him maybe the first person in the history of the WWF to get a new gimmick. And for them to not just pretend like it's a <laughs> just, new guy, they yeah. just add a word. Now you're Kona Crush. You're Hawaiian. But like he he does that. Then he joins the nation. Then he forms the Disciples of Apocalypse. Well, well, you're missing out the Mr. Fuji step. He oh. was a sympathizer. He was he sympathized with like Yokozuna. And I don't know, uh, he, they might have done some shit because he's Hawaiian, right? And he might have done some shit where it was like, yeah, Pearl Harbor was good or whatever for for heat, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> I definitely remember him being a heel and working with Mr. Fuji. But, uh, yeah, it's a fascinating trajectory. You are yeah, correct. And, th- and, then, and then he becomes part of Chronic, you know? Him with and the, uh, NWO, the Night Stalker. Right, and all that, yep. Yep, yep. Brian Clark, I think, is uh, was the Night Stalker later to become Adam. No, was Brian? I thought Brian Lee was the. I can't fucking. No, Brian Lee was the fake Undertaker. That's right, and we saw him on one of the shitty clashes that we reviewed for some reason. Oh, right. I thought as the Night Stalker, but maybe no, no, as Brian Lee. As just prime time, or not, not yet prime time, Brian. Not prime time. He maybe like he was like morning show, morning show. Brian. He was literally on prime time. That's crazy. Saturday morning cartoon, Brian Lee. And then Saturday morning cartoons continued with the big boss man doing a bad promo. This promo was very staccato. <laughs> it was Bobby Heenan and Mr. Perfect's World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Championship belt is on the line. And the, I like, I, I don't know why you would cut your promo that way. But long story short, apparently Heenan's been talking shit about the boss man's mom for a long time, and the boss man is mad. Cool. That's a perfectly fine storyline. I believe that. You know? Mm-hmm. And then Sean Mooney is with Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan, and Bobby Heenan makes some Rodney King reference to, you know, well, you know, 
big boss man, watch out because we might have some ham and egger in the in the bushes with a video camera because they're in L.A. You know, this is Los Angeles, the LAPD. And it's fucking 1991, so I got to cut a promo on the LAPD, but it's like the heel baby face. Like, like this angle is written with the LAPD as the presumed good guys. I did not realize that the Rodney King thing happened just a few weeks prior to Mania. That did not dawn on me at all. Yeah, I didn't like this. I didn't like this. I Uh, I really don't like this now. A rare, yeah, a rare miss from from Mr. Heenan. You're better than this, Bobby. Again, Heenan has a rough second half of the show. Um, and then Mr. Perfect cuts a promo where he shouts about how relaxed he is, <laughs> <laughs> where he's like, you know, big boss man, you think I'm worried? You think I'm stressed out? I'm as cool as a cucumber. And it's like, bro, you sound fucking stressed. Like you know? so he is drenched in sweat. His <laughs> his skin looks like wet tissue paper. It's bad. Which, yeah. Which I mean, that's how like bodybuilders look like right, you know, prior to doing their posing routine when they like, yeah. you know, completely cut all their fat out and just don't eat anything and then gorge themselves on water or whatever. It's just gross. Yeah. <laughs> he looks yeah, like he looks like a, he's made of sponge. Which would explain why he's very, very wet. Yeah, I love a Mr. Perfect promo, but this was not his best. Did yeah. not love it. A lot so, of like promos that I expect to be wacky, and it's just sort of just like, that wasn't good on this show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's missing. Weirdly unwacky for a WrestleMania. Um, regardless, we get Big Boss Man versus Mr. Perfect, accompanied by Bobby Heenan, for the Intercontinental title um we get my man lord alfred hayes on commentary because bobby heenan is managing you know for the match uh we get a kid in the crowd with a dick tracy t-shirt giving mr perfect the double thumbs down i liked that kid um and uh that dick tracy movie was one of the first movies i've ever seen in the theater that was the hotness in like late 90 early 91 really was um can't say i've ever seen it it's, you know, it's got Al Pacino as the bad guy. Madonna's in it. It's, hm. I haven't seen it in fucking 30 years, but yeah. Uh, here's my, so here's mis- my question, if I might yes. interject briefly. Yeah, hit me. How, who was better on commentary, Lord Al Hayes or Hacksaw Jim Duggan in the opening match? Uh, I found, I was distracted by other things during this match, which we will talk about. Totally understandable. So I, wasn't, I, I wasn't really listening to Lord Al. Uh, I've heard him before. He's fine. I, well, no, that's not correct. No, that's at all. not true at all. I apologize. <laughs> you like him. That's <laughs> okay. Used, I'm used to him. <laughs> I <do. laughs> Let me amend my statement. I, I'm familiar with Lord Allen commentary. And it's one of those things sometimes where it's like, I'll be poking around the peacock thing. And it's like, oh, cool. There's just this random house show or whatever from like 89, 90, 91, whatever. And then it's like, well, I'm Gorilla Monsoon here with Lord Alfred Hayes. And I'm like, oh, fuck. No, I've got to find something nice to watch. Like, it's a real thing. He's, he's not good. Yeah, um, he trips over but himself I enjoy so much. to him. There was a pleasantness to his voice. That, he that sounds I do enjoy. earnest. Yeah. He, on commentary, he tripped over his lines so much 
that I briefly. Oh, he's a flubbity blubbity disaster. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, very briefly, I was like, well, you know, English isn't his first language. And I was like, it's his only language. He's from there. You know, but just in in my head. His demonym. (laughs) It is where he is from. I I was just like, oh, you know, he's doing his best. But it's like, no, it's an English accent. It's he's not like German or French. He's from England. He's very bad. And he might be playing it up. Like, I don't think that dude walks around going, my word. (laughs) Well, that in that case, yes. But, um, right. Um, so this was maybe one of my favorite parts of this match. Uh, and okay. So Mr. Perfect throws his towel at the big boss man. Big boss man wipes the towel on his ass and throws it in Mr. Perfect's face. That's a high spot. (laughs) I loved that. That was great. Um, Ray Trailer is looking positively trim here. I got to be honest. And he's yeah. working hard in this match. Oh, yeah. Um, is the boss man secretly good? Look who he's wrestling. I know, but look at him. He was going fucking hard in this match. Boss man. We have now seen in two matches that I would say are particularly fun. And it was this one, and it was the WrestleMania rematch a year ago against Akeem. And that was because Akeem Akeem took, like, 20 really big bumps because he knew he was on the bubble. Um, And and in this match, he's working against probably the best guy currently active in the company. Brett. Oh. Second. Well, the the best pushed singles wrestler in the company. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Fair. But but Um, he needs to be a heel. Obviously, he's just death is a baby face. Oh, Hennig or Big Boss Man? Big Big Boss Man. He's he's a big yeah. boss man. He's a big, nasty, sneering but heel guy. And then it's as a, a very, face, it's like, you're mean to my mom. But it's also a very look at the politics of this show, right? It's a very <laughs> yeah. America law and order fucking. Uh, Donald Trump is in the front row. <laughs> like, yep kind of a vibe so i agree with you that this gimmick works better as a heel yeah um but it is what it is you know it's what it is yeah um (laughs) at one point this is this is just me being silly but at one point boss man takes off his belt like i'm gonna like whip you with my belt and the first thing i think of was there was an episode of friends where Monica or somebody hires a stripper for Phoebe's bachelorette party. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, the stripper is Danny DeVito as a cop. (laughs) And and so the joke is like, Oh, this man is not attractive. And then like the happy ending is like, yeah, do it. And we'll all have fun and it's whatever, do your art and we will enjoy it. You know, which is a very Phoebe thing. Phoebe is the only good friend. Anyway, yeah, this is where I notice that Donald Trump is in the front row of this show. My notes read, God damn it. I just I just like when it's when it's one of the ones that took place at at Trump, you know, when it's WrestleMania four or five. I I don't like surprise Trump on my TV. I get enough of this motherfucker, you know, like already. And then we'll get to his little promo with fucking Mean Gene or whoever later. But uh, back to this match. 
So Bossman's, uh, what, I, I don't know, he takes a bump to the outside and Heenan's stomping on him. And all of a sudden, here comes a much more pleasant surprise, Andre the fucking giant. That was cool. I like Andre. That was cool to see. I'm always happy to like get a surprise of a guy I like, but the dude's looking rough. Um, you know, he's not. Unfortunately, he is literally not long for this earth. Um, he had what? Not quite two years left, unfortunately. But he's got another couple all Japan tours left in him, including another one that starts in yes, a week. He does. For some perspective here, what was he? How old was Andre when he? I think he was forty-six when he died. Make it that long, or, or something. Um, for some perspective, like who's forty-six? I'm pretty sure Bobby Lashley is right around forty-six. Yeah, I believe he's forty-five or forty-six. Yeah. You know, Edge. I think Edge just turned forty-eight. So yeah, he was forty-six when he died, Andre. He, so yeah, so that's rough. So he's what forty-two, forty-three here. And it's a bummer. It's a real. He dies bummer. in '93, so and this is '91, right? So he's about 44 here. Uh oh, 44. So yeah, so there you go. Yeah, 43, 44. Yeah. On a lighter note. On a lighter note. All due respect to Sensational Sherry's effort from the previous show, I do have to give Andre an honorable Blassie mention. Pretty much any time I see that man in his sieves. Anytime, anytime <laughs> Andre's in his walking around clothes, I'm just into it. <laughs> Mark that down. <laughs> yeah, big fan. Big fan of Andre's civvies. Um, meanwhile, as Andre is slowly and patiently making his way to the ring, both of the actual wrestlers are selling, and I don't fucking know why. Bossman goes for a pin, he gets a two, and then Haku and the Barbarian come out. And then Andre uh, punches Bobby Heenan while Bossman just runs wild on the bad guys. Uh, all the 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 run in bad guys, so not actual intercontinental champ guy, but the um, what do you call it? Faces of fear, right? They mm -hmm. both eat a couple chops from Andre, which is cool, you know. And then uh, I don't even remember what was the final fin of the DQ. The run in was the DQ. Yeah, it was for just a finish, shitty right? DQ. Yeah, yeah. And then at uh, um, you know, on the way up the ramp, Bossman and Andre celebrate together because they won the match. Woo, congratulations. And everybody pops. And it's like, like, that's nice. You want to do like, yeah, Andre, we aren't as mad that our guy didn't win the title because yay, Andre. Like, I get that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But this match started i thought pretty good then got boring and then did a bunch too much shit at the end um i, I don't know have I, have mr perfect pin him you know at this point have mr perfect pin the guy but i'm sure they still had house show matches to to sell or to promote so i get that, that. i gave this two guess. and three quarters because it started good what do you, you know, think start what do you think what do you think dave gave it I don't know. It went Less 10 than... minutes, 41 seconds. Let me tell you that. And Hennig and Bossman were both working hard, but it had an overbooked DQ mm -hmm. finish. Three. Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. And a half. So he liked it less than me by a quarter star. Okay. Did he like the Andre run in? No, or... He called it very sad. It was. Yeah. This so brought, then this, sorry, oh, this brought poor Andre out to the ring and changed what was a darn good match into a pathetic spectacle. 
Andre grabbed the title belt and hit perfect with it. Boss men went for a pin, blah, blah, blah. Andre cleaned house on all of them in a very sad post-match brawl. Yeah, yeah, it was a bummer. Um, So then Earthquake is coming to the ring, and Lord Alfred Hayes is, like, saying this hilariously hasty goodbye, which, if you've ever seen the British version of Whose Line Is It Anyway?, the host would always just like rattle off a whole bunch of new, like, I want to thank Richard French on the piano, me, Clive, and just say good night, good night. It was that. It was that. <laughs> and, it, and it was really funny. And then we get some really incredible shit. Um, <laughs> so I cringed when it started because it's Mean Gene interviewing Donald Trump. And it's this weird thing where I still have the sort of like, <sighs> Like, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I I think the word trauma, in my case, personally, is a little too strong. But it's the, like, I'm sick of this motherfucker's face. I'm sick mm. of his voice. I hate his everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Um, But for what this was, it was, like, weird Trump shit, you know? Because it wasn't like, I'm enjoying the show. I'm having a good time. It was, no, no, they're doing a great job. I'm here with a group and we're having an excellent time. Like, what are these details? Like, right. Like, if he was going to say, I'm here with this guy and this guy and this guy, because he is literally upstaging them, right? He is standing between them and the camera. So I can't see them. So all I see is mean Gene and Donald Trump's dumb ass, right? Yeah. So then. Trump steps aside and we reveal this fascinating cornucopia of random celebrities. I had to pause. And as I paused, this was like the emotional journey I went on. (laughs) So the first thing that catches my eye is Henry Winkler. Okay. (laughs) Now this man, uh, describe the Fonz to me, Man Flurry, as best you can. Well, he's the coolest guy in the world, Cramine. Right, he's, right. He's, uh, he's smooth. He is dressed like my dad. Uh, I am pretty sure my dad had this exact sweater. Um, and and more power to him. Uh, this was not a WrestleMania sweater, so it doesn't get the blassy, but it's a very like. Yeah, what? It's 1991 and I'm in my 40s. Fuck you. Like, cool. I get it. <laughs> um, but very unfonds, right? Like, uh, and then to the Fonzies left is Chuck, the meme that begat Ron Swanson Norris, um, which is great fun. And then the row behind them, I see Lou Ferrigno. And then I thought I saw Loretta Swit, who was um. Hot Lips Houlihan on MASH, but I don't think it was actually her. It just kind of looked like her for a second. Uh, yeah. Um, so first up, we get Chuck Norris, who, like, before his interview, has to go shake hands with Donald Trump and whisper Hail Hydra in his ear. Because <laughs> um, that's that's what it felt like, though, because I know what both of those guys are about. You know what I mean? Birds of a feather. Yeah. Yeah. And then Chuck Norris... I, I, you know, devil is due. Chuck Norris uh, is like name dropping George, gorgeous George and Argentina Rocca. And it's mm-hmm. like, he sounds like he kind of knows his shit. And I'm kind of like, okay, can we, can we get you on our show? Chuck Norris. I have not get discussed with this with man Fleury, but we'll reach out to his people. 
Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll fuck it. We'll get a cameo from him. <laughs> Wonder if he has um, one. I bet he does, and I bet it's like six hundred dollars or some shit. Henry uh, Winkler. He does. How he much is it? Four fifty. Four. Oh, I was close. All right, so no pop tarts on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if we get it for marketing campaign or big event for business, $3,500. This is WrestleMania. Yeah. It's a big event. <laughs> what is that? If I want like a live appearance or something? You can get or that if too. It's like, or is it like I'm doing a fucking like fascism rally or whatever? Like, ah, whatever. Well, you know, it's like, hey, you know, we're rolling out this campaign you know to sell racism stickers can you endorse them yeah they this right is Chuck or Morris, is it remember. like a or is it like a well gosh you know it sounds really great to work at fucking microsoft or whatever like Basically i don't understand that. yeah okay so henry winkler uh, you know mean gene just says hi to these guys and then henry winkler says um you know, yeah, it's great to be here. I'm having a great time. And hey, Gene, I just wanted to let you know, I am so happy that the Ultimate Warrior got his ultimate win. And it was the most like, we will give you another like, uh, we will give you f- like whatever, $5,000 if you just say this stupid line that we give you. Say it exactly like this. This is the line. This is the line, okay? Um, and the, okay, I'm I'm instituting a new award. Uh, and, and it's the Mary Tyler Moore Award for most out of their depth celebrity fan. <laughs> uh, we won't be able to. Uh, uh, maybe it's the Mary Tyler Moore slash Rhubarb Jones Award for like best celebrity. I'm, we're still workshopping it, folks. But I, I give it to Henry Winkler on this night. This was great. I loved it. He goes. He's the fight. He's literally the he defined cool. Right on this one TV show, anyway, and he's the biggest <laughs> geek here, and I love it. Um, then we get that this was my favorite, maybe part of the entire show, other than the like the Liz stuff. Lou Ferrigno, first off, low key blasty. He's wearing a floral Hawaiian shirt. Looks great. He's fucking huge. He looks like a million bucks. He's Lou Ferrigno. He's Mister Whatever. Um, and he cuts this promo about he's like. Yeah, you know, this is, uh, it's like seeing real life superheroes. The Incredible Hulk said that. That's fucking cool. Um, you know, and it's like seeing real life superheroes and WrestleMania is better than the Olympics. And I'm like, that fucking ruled. That guy cut the best promo of the night. You know, am I being like sympathetic because he's deaf? Am I wrong? Like, this was great. Did you know he was supposed to be in the second WBF pay-per-view? Really? Yeah, they thought they had a big coup. They were going to get Lou Ferrigno, but then they instituted drug testing. Drug testing? Yeah. Uh, and, oh, you know, you know how that so goes. Stridum, Stridum was clean? That's a... Uh, yeah, come on, come on. They were less. They were on less. When was the second WBF show? 93? If, if I remember correctly, 90... 90 was 91 the first one? It has to be 92 was the first one, right? It must be. Yeah, you're right. You're and right. then so 93 has to be the second one then. That was, it's very WWF 93 stuff. Very oh, yeah. where Vince's head was at in 93. Um, so I don't know. I I thought Ferrigno just seemed like he was actually having a really good time. 
you know this was cool so these these guys were great except you know the first two um so then we're back to the ring with earthquake versus greg the hammer valentine a couple of our favorites i think it's fair to say i think Um, you're right yeah so heenan i know i said i was done talking about trump but heenan had a line that i have to unpack here so he says well, I hear Donald Trump's here, and you know, just so you know, my plans for the evening may ruin his his plans for the evening. And as far as I can tell, Bobby Heenan was saying, "No, I will be outbidding Donald Trump on all of the sex workers in Los Angeles tonight." Am I wrong? Um, I just assumed that. Well, he has nothing to do with the main event, does he, Heenan? So no it's not manager like, wise or nothing right. like that. So it's yeah. not like because we know that Donald Trump. Oh, is a what? Like maniac. he's got money on Hogan? Maybe, I guess. Maybe, you know? Yeah, we thank God Donald Trump's a Hulkamaniac, brother. Yeah, that's a fuck, dude. Anyway, um, so one of my favorite things that Gorilla Monsoon says in every Greg Valentine matches. Well, you know, it always it takes the hammer about 15 minutes just to get warmed up. And it's like, why would you say that? Yeah. This guy's really boring for a long time, but keep watching, folks. <laughs> he might fucking be boring for a long time and then win. Like, I don't get it. You see, that's the thing that they would say about his dad. So maybe maybe that's maybe a reference just to a, Johnny Valentine. Oh, maybe it's just one of those things, a little Easter egg. Yeah, because once they redesigned the Mid-Atlantic um uh, wrestling Jim Crockett promotions very very long story short I'll keep this little aside quick but once they used to be like a tag team based promotion they wound up eventually switching it over to a like more singles based match type thing and Johnny Valentine was the guy they built a, a, the promotion around and his matches were not the style of matches in mid-Atlantic and it took a long time for people to come around to it because his shit was so slow like he would go a half hour and you know the first 20 minutes was just so slow compared to what they were used to. So he got, but, but then eventually, you know, people started coming around to it. They started, they, they embraced it and he became a big, big star in that area and all that horse shit. But I have to assume that that's the only reason they say that about Greg Valentine, because he is no slower or faster than the average, like he's actually significantly faster a worker than a lot of the guys in this company at this point. So. Well, and he, he was working hard in this match. All things he considered. Was? He gave um, it three minutes of his best effort. <laughs> right. And at one point, he's, I thought, because I thought this was just going to be, okay, like, Earthquake's going to, like, squash this guy. Like, maybe right. Valentine gets a couple hope spots in, whatever, whatever. But Greg Valentine runs wild on Earthquake, and Earthquake takes a bump. Yep. Which is, like, surprising, which is shocking. He didn't do that for anyone but, like, Hogan and Warrior. You know? That's true. But, um... Not and not necessarily that he's saying no. I'm not going to bump for anybody, but just that's how he was protected, you know, because right. he was he was he got a huge fucking push. Um. Anyway, the here's the match. Valentine goes for the figure four. Earthquake's legs are too big. Valentine gets distracted by Jimmy Hart. Earthquake attacks from behind, hits his move, wins. They had their working shoes on for three minutes. I gave it two and three quarter stars. Not Dave bad. gave it like like three quarters of a star. I'm gonna give you another chance, less than that. Minus one. Ah, oh, no, just a dud. Dud. Yeah. I. That's this fine. Deserves For at Dave, least a that's... half star. 
This was fine. This was fine. Yeah. And again, relative to how much time it took, like, that's the thing with Dave. Dave is always like, no, I hated this. It was only three minutes. And it's like, oh, Earthquake and Greg the Hammer should have gone fucking 25. You know? Well, yeah. I don't know. Greg the Hammer takes 15 just to get warmed up. (laughs) Anyway. That's what they say when he wakes up in winter. Because he's so cold when he wakes up. Takes him. Yeah. True. So anyway, that was a three-minute match. Yeah, it was whatever. Sean it Mooney is backstage. Yeah, it was it was there. Sean Mooney is backstage with the Legion of Doom and Animal screams. They I guess they screwed them. There was a number one contender match that they lost because of Power and Glory and mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and he screams at them, and then Hawk says, "Power and Glory. When we get done with you, you'll be sour and gory," which is a five-star line. I, I loved it. Um, I. To be fair, I am a big fan of those like thing, more like yeah. other thing. Joe, like I love that. And it was one hundred percent that. <laughs> like thing, more like thing that rhymes with that. Yeah. I love it. I'm hundred percent. This is five stars. This, um, that was a five star line. I should say, mm-hmm. um, Legion of Doom versus Power and Glory with Slick. Uh, my notes read: I bet this match is short. The heels attack from behind. They throw Hawk into the ropes. He does a little rope-a-dope, and he clotheslines them both. Two guys brawl outside the ring to inside the ring. Animal immediately sets up for the Doomsday device. They hit it. They win. This did not waste my time, so I gave it three stars. Mm -hmm. It was, oh, oh, this is what the Legion of Doom do. They come in, and they fucking destroy people. (laughs) These guys look fucking scary right now. Nasty boys, watch your ass. Like, cool. Dave, oh, Dave, uh, dud. That is correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was nothing. It was a minute. Yeah. It was, according to the Observer, not supposed to be that short, but every they did run the show had run so long, they were cutting, they were just slashing the time on all these matches. So, yeah. Probably better that way. No offense to anyone in this match, but, you know, at this point, Paul Roma's probably the best worker of anyone. And he's not exactly, like, great. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Legion of Doom as a tag team act work just fine. They work just you know? fine. I didn't, I didn't want this to go even five minutes. No. You know? This was fine. No. That's why it's three stars. You know? If it was, like, Legion of Doom having this amazing fucking, like, brawl, epic-type match with the Nasty Boys, I could see that being, like, an actual good match. Yeah. If it got time, you know? But, like... For what this was, it was exactly what I needed. Three stars. Yep. You know, nothing special. It was fine. Um, so we get a video package that's like, here's what Virgil was. Here's what the Virgil Ted DiBiase thing is, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get a video package, which was helpful for me because I saw none of this on like Saturday night's main event or anything leading up to this show that apparently... Because nobody wants to lose to Virgil. The whole thing is Virgil like helps or uh, Piper helps Virgil win by like distracting his opponents. Yeah. That's like their friendship is based on that. I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. 
He's, so, uh, uh, Piper is helping Virgil punch above his weight, and oh, those punches. Oh, my God. Sure. Wow. Uh, please, take it away. I'm sorry. So we get the Million Dollar Man versus uh, Virgil, who is accompanied by Roddy Piper. Sort of. <laughs> so Ted DiBiase comes out, and it's a Ted DiBiase entrance, whatever, fine. Then Roddy Piper gets his own entrance which I get because you want Roddy, like each guy can get his own pop, right? That's fine. Yep. Um, but Virgil comes out to no entrance music, <laughs> but at least the crowd chants his name once he gets in the ring. That's something. Mm -hmm. And then, yes, once the match begins, my notes read, Virgil does a bunch of shitty Shane McMahon punches and poor Ted has to sell them. I have never seen... Because, like, with Shane, he throws a shitty, like, you know, actual punch. Because he'll just actually hit you. Well, sometimes he does, and sometimes he misses yeah. by a mile. But, like, this is how you throw a punch, more or less. But Virgil is throwing, they're not jabs, they're, they're lead hand, but they're not jabs. He's, like, opening up his hand and throwing almost like a backhand. But he's keeping his hand all the way open. And not a like, haymaker, it's a sunshiner. So when you throw a jab with your left arm, right, it theoretically right, hits hits your opponent in the right side of their face or dead in the center. But he's throwing a left jab and hitting his opponent in the left side with the back of his hand. It's the damnedest yeah. thing I've ever, legitimately maybe the worst work punches I've ever seen. I did not notice that. All I noticed was that they were bad. But yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> How can um, he... he can't, why can't he do anything right? I mean, so right. So his whole thing in this match, he's doing he's doing all this footwork. And like he's doing it to distract from the fact that he can't do anything else. Mm -hmm. He's the, the dude's in good shape. You know, he looks good. Yep. You know, his, his physique-wise, you know. Um at one point he does a go behind on a takedown. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, give me more map based Virgil. Give me Virgil in like best technical, <laughs> put him in, the, give him the Danielson award, you know? <laughs> um, but then DiBiase cuts him off and the match starts to kind of get good. Cause Ted DiBiase's fucking great. Cause, and Virgil can sell fine. He can, yep. you know, that he can do well because of whatever he's fucking selling all the time. Cause Ted DiBiase cheats to win, and then Hercules or Hulk Hogan or who the fuck ever beats up Virgil. It's great. Yep. Um, it is at this point, and I'm sorry to keep bringing this up, but I had to note this. It is at this point that we see Ted DiBiase beating the shit out of a person of color who used to work for him directly in front of Donald Trump, who is grinning from ear to ear, ear to ear, because he thinks the good guy is winning. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, if he's going to be on the show, I'm going to try and score points on him. He just fuck him. I hate him. DiBiase shoves Roddy Piper, who is on crutches, by the way. All right. Piper is, uh, I don't know if this was real. You have a real leg thing. I can't even remember now. Um, but DiBiase shoves Piper. have a real leg thing? <laughs> No, you know what I mean. Did he really yeah. need the crutches or was this just an angle? Right, right. They said he had a motorcycle accident. Okay. I do not know what if that's that, the case. Shoot? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah legit there was laughter. definitely some fake. There was some fake. I can't get up acting later that we'll definitely talk about. But uh, so, but that's the whole thing, right? DiBiase for Heat is shoving the the, you know, injured Roddy Piper to the ground, and eventually Ted DiBiase loses by countout because he's too busy fucking around with Piper, and then he just like goes and puts Virgil in the Million Dollar Dream because he's pissed off, and then Piper rolls in the ring, hits DiBiase with the crutch. Uh, too much is happening. Like a bunch of shit happens after the bell rings. Um. My rating is a star and three quarters for this match, just because whatever. It would, DiBiase was good on offense, but Virgil sucks and whatever. Um, and then we get another run in because out comes Sherry Martell on the on kind of the opposite end of the Blassie spectrum. This was a much plainer dress. Um, uh, and that's the story. Cool. She's Savage is gone, so she's with DiBiase. Great pair. Works for me. Um, I'm glad she's sticking around, frankly, for sure. And she kind of bounces yeah. from person to person, you know, she manages DiBiase for a while. She manages Sean for a while when he goes heel, which is, you know, later on, but who else does she manage? There's At one some more, point she's in WCW and she's managing, yep. uh, Harlem Harlem Heat. Heat. Yep, yep. Yep. And doing this weird, like years long romance angle with Colonel Rob Parker, right? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Wild um, stuff. Yep. So, basically, the bad guys beat the shit out of Roddy Piper with his own crutch until Virgil, like, pops up, you know, grabs the crutch, and then the heels bail because, you know, oh, a good guy has a weapon. Roddy Piper is flipping out because he's pissed off, and he he's, like, sort of throwing a tantrum, and he throws a crutch... And he hits the ref right in the nuts. The yeah. ref, it was, it was, I felt bad, but it was kind of funny. You know, the guy falls, like the ref falls and sells it a little. Cause I'm sure he's in pain. Right. Right. Probably he falls. He falls. He sells it a little, but then he pops right back up grimacing in pain. Cause he's got a job to do. Shout outs to the professionalism of this referee. Um, and like Piper, like watch your shit, dude. Come on. That's not cool. Like anyway. So anyway, Virgil, who has just won a match by count out, but he won it. He's shouting at Piper to get up. And Piper does some like, I can't. Oh, my leg hurts so bad. Right? Like, yeah, like it's a it's an effort of will. Not to, or whatever. I, it was bad. Um, so Virgil is shouting at Piper to get up. Piper gets up. They play Piper's music. I, I have to talk about awards. <laughs> okay. Just really, really quickly. Okay. Um, this is maybe a spoiler for the awards portion of the show. Now, the the name most Virgil player, I figured he would be a shoo-in even before we started watching the show. Right. Like, did you kind of have that hunch going into this oh, match? Oh, boy, did I ever. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I I, I think it's a shoe-in. I think it's a lock. We can have the conversation at the end of the show, but I think he's in for most Virgil player for this show. In addition to that. Hard to beat. 
in addition to that, this match, the payoff to the biggest angle of this man's entire career was all about a feud between Roddy Piper and Ted DiBiase. My man is not the main character. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's another not the main character later. And again, I think there's a conversation we have to like, bah, front runner here, here and now. Virgil for both of those categories. He is. Yep. This fucking sucked. This was bad. Um, and it's so easy. Even if Virgil sucks, even if the punches suck, but DiBiase can sell them and like get some heat on him, you could have made. You could have certainly gotten a three star match, two star match out of this. But I don't know. I hated this. It sucked. Yeah, it was no good. Oh, this sucked. So what did you? Uh, what did you give it? I gave it a star and three quarters because, like, DiBiase's healing was really good. And Piper, you know, Piper's Piper. He's entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, Virgil sucks. What did you, you think know? Dave gave it? Dud. He gave it two stars. Okay. How? <laughs> I, How? Ted DiBiase's good. I don't know. I don't know. I liked the I liked the goofy post-match. It sounds like was you didn't there? really like it that much. What's that? Was he, was he there live? I don't believe he was. He now he might have been, but I don't recall him saying he was there. Yeah. Yeah, I know whatever. he was at California, uh, the Cauliflower Alley, just prior to this. But well, he does he does know who won the the dark match, but he doesn't give it a star rating, so I don't think he was there. Dark match, yeah. Brooklyn Brawler. No. Well, yes, it was actually but dropping the pin to your favorite Coco, Coco Ware, Coco Ware. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's him on this show. Match. That is that's the fucking most dark match. Like, like, dude, nobody wants to see these guys kind of a match. Like <laughs> <laughs> we do not want to put this on television, but like, oh, that's terrific. I love both of them rules i really do yeah so uh we're sean we get sean mooney backstage like in front of an iraqi flag which must have felt awkward for him (laughs) um but he throws to a video package where slaughter and adnan this was like the compromise right Mm -hmm. i'm sure at one point vince or somebody pitched yeah god damn it let's have them burn a flag that'll be such good shit um I believe that that was on the table at some point, right? And either right. the network or just Vince's better angels, such as they are, whatever, won out in the end. And they burn a Hulk rules shirt, which to me is a fine compromise. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it, you know what we would be doing if they would let us get away with it, right? For the people yeah, who exactly like that. it. And if, and if it's, and if it's just the like, um, oh, oh, they burned a Hulk shirt. I like Hulk. I'm mad now. If it works on that level, that's cool too. Yeah. So this is one of those rare instances of like Vince wants to do the thing, but instead of doing the thing, he's going to like not quite do the thing where it actually worked, you know? Because yeah. even I'm like, I get not wanting to burn a flag on your television show. I really do. I yeah. don't have any, like, if I find out someone has burned a flag, 
I'd be like, okay, <laughs> what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> like, whatever. Was it someone else's flag? No, it was their flag. Cool. What the fuck ever? Regardless, the shirt goes right up in flames, which is hilarious to me. I don't know if maybe they doused it in like lighter fluid or whatever. It looked really cool. And apparently that's the entire feud. That's that's just the entire like package that we get here. And then Sergeant Slaughter, man, he's he's loaded for bear. He's he's looking serious as shit. <laughs> and then he says a bunch like his whole thing since winning the title has been now that I'm the champion, we play by my rules. Sergeant Slaughter's rules. And also I love Iraq. And like cool. And then we look at clip, right? This is where they get more, they get B-roll basically of, yeah. uh, <laughs> of, of Hogan getting beaten up by Slaughter and Adnan. Mm-hmm. And then Sergeant Slaughter here, granted, the people have already bought the show. Well, the people have already not bought the show, <laughs> um, as the case may be. It's too late to talk the money out of their wallets, right? More or less. It is. So I so I get that side of this, but to have your world champion say, maybe I'll get counted out. Yeah. In the main event of your show, of your biggest show of the year. I I don't know. And this is where my notes read, perhaps it is he who is not the main character. So I mm. This is a discussion to be had. We will put a pin in that. The match has yet to happen. We'll get there. I have to say for this uh, little backstage deal with the video package, um, I just love that it was Mooney saying, you know, because they mentioned the the new rules, you know, Slaughter's rules, and they pitched the video by saying, let's show everyone some of these new rules you've established. And then it's like you said, it's just them beating up Hulk Hogan. He hits him with a chair, puts him in the camel clutch. Right. And let me be clear. If the new rule is whenever possible, attack Hulk Hogan, I'm on board. But let me just say. I have say, no problem with that. That but, has yeah, been, that's been WWF since 1984 at this point. That's true. These, this is not a new rule. <laughs> but I just like, I, I assume there was going to be a video package where he does like this goofy thing where it's like. A is for assault. Uh, B is for or, right, or rule number one. Or like you're in a classroom where it's like rule number one. Turn hot. Like 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 talk whenever you want. Or like <laughs> chew your gum and put it in that kid's hair. Like I, that would it, sell this for me. Yeah. Instead, it's just he hits Hulk Hogan with the chair once and then puts him in the camel clutch. And that's I, the new rules. I cheat in my matches. <laughs> Like the okay, cool. Who could have known? <laughs> <laughs> well, and also the uh, he sucks. Like you know, his offense all sucks, and his matches all suck. And like, uh, I still maintain what I said last week that if they had not brought in Sergeant Slaughter and had just turned Ultimate Warrior heel and had him do the Iraq thing. I fucking we'd have flying cars and clean energy and like the world would be a better place. <laughs> I I just feel confident in that. You know? 
when you're right, you're right, Kremlin. Yeah, I don't Thanks, know. Thanks, Warrior. Yeah, fucking Warrior. The Mountie. This sucked. Versus Tito Santana. The Mountie with Jimmy Hart. They do some stuff. Jimmy Hart hands the Mountie the cattle prod. The Mountie uses it. And this card did not need 15 matches. One minute. It went Tito's, one minute. <laughs> Tito's great. And the Mountie is a good shit heel. But I didn't need this. I gave it a star and a half. It was nothing, but it didn't waste my time. Yep, it got it over with. That's for damn sure. And that was the semi-main, technically, of the show. That is true. Well, it was the second most exciting match. Let's find (laughs) What did, what do you think Dave rated it? Dud? Like a dud. He was actually more severe than dud. Minus, like minus a quarter? (laughs) Like Minus a whole half. Minus a half a star. For a minute 20 match where... Nothing. They didn't do anything. They did nothing. So dud, sure. But like, what was right? But what they did was like, if they looked like ass out there, yeah, that's one thing. If they looked like ass for a minute and a half or whatever it was, it was a minute and a half of two guys doing a perfectly fine job. Yep. You know, it was just nothing, and it was pointless, and like. You could have cut out everything. You could have cut out this match. You could have cut out. I get leaving Power and Glory versus Legion of Doom. Why did we need Earthquake versus Greg Valentine? Right. Like, like what is this card? You know, in some spots, we did not need 15 matches. Put a battle royal on your show. For Why are so many of the ma- these matches late? Like, no one is going to care about Earthquake versus Greg Valentine. Or, th- I-, I guess this is the buffer match, but we've just had, like, three buffer matches in a row. What is the point? It's so weird. I mean, I know they fucked up their timing, but why is Earthquake versus Greg Valentine this late anyway? Get that shit over with early. Yeah, I don't, I don't get any of this. Bizarre. Right. Wouldn't you have wouldn't you have loved a rockers match right around now? Right? <laughs> like, Something? Like, yeah, come on. Come on. Or the but tag it... either put either of those two tag matches, either the rockers match or the tag title match on the second half of this show. I think you've got a much better paced show. Right. But unfortunately, if they they did get put late, they'd have had their time cut. So fucked no matter what. Yeah, true, true. But finally, finally we get into the into the deep grass here. The meat of these potatoes. That is right. You we, want to talk about the Hulk promo? We are three hours into the show, and it is only now that we are treated to Hulk Hogan's first time on camera. Can you imagine that? Bizarre, right? It's very it felt weird. You know? And and like I wonder if that made him feel like a bigger star to like little little six or seven year old cram I little baby cram watching this show as like a brand new wrestling fan you know what I mean oh maybe I, so I don't know it's just a thought if that subconscious switch was turned on by this or whatever yeah, yeah because um, like in the shows previous that we've watched he usually does his stuff during the intermission like his first promo Right. I feel like you get your Hogan promo at intermission and then maybe like, I mean, WrestleMania four is certainly the, the benchmark for 
because doesn't Hogan have like three promos on that show or something? I don't know, whatever. Including the the just insane one where he becomes a demon, right? The batshit one. Thank God Donald Trump's a Hulkamaniac. Yeah, that very lo- same promo. Yeah. Loses his voice in the middle of it and just drops into a low register. Just thank It's and so good. the Trump Plaza falls into the ocean. Yeah. He, maybe he's like the Metatron. Maybe God was speaking through him at that point. <laughs> Think about it. It How could about be. It? <laughs> anyway, this was not that promo. Oh God, no! He cut uh, it, generic is the word I would use, um, which is probably for the best, right? Because that's so much better than a like. Well, you know, we went over to like Kuwait and we kicked everybody's ass and blah blah blah. You know, like yeah. So restraint was maybe uh, discretion being the better part of valor here, perhaps. And then they uh, cut to. I, I always love this for heat. Honestly, I don't know why, but the thing of like, I'm sticking the belt right in your face and the like, this is as close as you'll ever get. (laughs) I love that. That's perfect. Uh, Adnan and Slaughter did that to Hogan because Hogan's like, especially when the guys move, right? Has your face very prone, right? Mm -hmm. So he's got him in the in the camel clutch and Adnan's like holding the belt in in Hogan's face. That rules. And so Mean Gene basically, you know. After the footage is like, well, what do you think, Hogan? Hogan just sort of continues his promo. And then we get this line. Oh, say can you see, Sergeant Slaughter, by the dawn's early light, that I'll be the new WWF champion, and you'll just be a victim of Twilight's last gleaming. But my dude, that last word was not gleaming. No, I it wasn't. Won. You picked it up too. Hundred percent heard Twilight's last creaming. That's what he said. <laughs> that is absolutely what my dude said. If you have Peacock, watch it. If you have a fucking VHS tape, whatever, watch it. We are not fucking around here. Twilight's last creaming. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. <laughs> that is one hundred percent the name of the episode. I rewound that a couple times when I heard it because I couldn't believe it. I finally have confirmation that Hulk Hogan (laughs) has talked about taking a steamer and creaming. So he's creaming and steaming. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I used to, I used to be a barista. So I've done both of those. Yeah. I worked at a Barnes and Noble cafe, which is not actually a Starbucks, but. Hmm. So yeah, steaming and creaming. That's maybe one of very few things I have in common. But it's not the same thing. That's not the same thing as what Hogan was talking about. So Well, you've never no. Twilight last creamed. That's true. Twilight's last creaming is a different thing. No, I was not a fan of Twilight. I only mm. ever saw the first movie with the riff tracks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you'd like it a lot if you were creaming. Like if I had coffee? That could be. Coffee and cream? Coffee and cream while taking a steam. Watch Twilight. Twilight Zone. There you go. Okay, we're getting there. Um, Man Flurry game. I win. This this was a Man Flurry game promo. This the, he saved it at the end. It was like he this was is too pedestrian, and then he, he said was, Twilight's last creaming. I honest to God, if there was some like, if I take the leap of faith of some sort of like cosmic whatever, right? Mm-hmm. God or fate or whatever. And like Hogan is like hooked into the, like he is the Metatron. Yep. I could see this being a, 
I'm gonna throw one in there for Man Flurry. <laughs> like thirty years later, Man Flurry's gonna be like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" <laughs> I don't know, man. This was wild. This was this was just out of control. So, uh, I mean, here we go. Here um, we go. We get the main event: Sergeant Slaughter with General Adnan. Versus Hulk Hogan with the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and all the little Hulkamaniacs. Oh, that's right. I wanted to mention one other thing from the Hogan promo. Completely forgot. Okay. So uh, Hulk Hogan mentions that uh, Sergeant Slaughter has new rules, but it's only all he's got is hand-to-hand combat. Hulk Hogan, on the other hand, has new technology and secret weapons and battle plans given to him by his little Hulkamaniacs. So in his crusade against Saddam Hussein and Sergeant Slaughter, Hulk Hogan has brought in the best, like, Ender's Game style. He's put the children in charge to come up with his battle plan. And apparently this is a new technology that is going to allow him to overcome Sergeant Slaughter's (laughs) rules, which include hitting Hulk Hogan with a chair and putting him in the camel clutch, as we've seen. So the, the kids showed him new technology... Yes, he came up with it with the li- see, with the little Hulkamaniacs. See, and that's a thing where it's like, my 2021 eyes are like, they showed me how to take a picture with my phone, brother. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't know. Especially because, like, Hulk Hogan is sort of like, he is sort of the, the king of, like, boomer shit posting in a lot of ways. <laughs> Yeah, so the little, what, the little Hulkamaniacs taught him how to, like, hit Sergeant Slaughter with a chair? Is that what it is? Or or maybe to overcome being hit by a chair and put in the camel clutch? Yeah, I don't know. This is weird. Those new know. rules are powerful rules that no one has tried against him before. It's yeah. not like he won the title against a guy who put him in the camel clutch or anything the first time around. Yeah. Um. So... The celebrities who did their their little backstage skits, right, with the wrestlers. And now they're out here. Marla Maples is the guest bell ringer. Uh, Regis is on commentary. And Trebek is ring announcer. With all due respect to Alex Trebek, RIP, um, he was much more of sort of the officious librarian type than a, like, Howard Finkel, and uh, this guy celebrate, woohoo, wrestling guy, you know? Yeah. Like Howard Finkel or whoever. Uh, Should have got Johnny Gilbert, um, who's the This Is Jeopardy guy. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, Johnny Gilbert. Shout out to Johnny Gilbert. Hulk, so Hogan tore his shirt during his promo, and then he comes out to the ring with a new shirt. So he's sort of the opposite of Nikita Koloff, who was very precious about unbuttoning his buttons during his promo. Hogan, <laughs> to Hogan, shirts just fucking grow on trees, apparently. Well, for so, him, uh, they must. Yeah. And then uh, the world heavyweight champion leaves the ring so Hulk Hogan can pose without obstruction. <laughs> which is damn gentlemanly of him. And then the bell rings, and Hulk Hogan pushes the referee so he can go chase the bad guys. And immediately, I'm like, this match should end now. (laughs) The challenger just bodily (laughs) shoved a referee. 
Are you fucking kidding me with this shit? Are these the new rules? This is what the little Hulkster taught you? Fell in with a bad crowd. So they get in the ring and the two guys face off and there's zero like big fight feel to it. Yeah. At all. There's no Rocky Apollo, Hogan Warrior, fucking Roxena, whatever to it. But Hulk Hogan does feel like the biggest star in the world. And this does still somehow mm-hmm. feel like a WrestleMania main event. They had something with this Hogan guy. I don't know. He was <laughs> pretty popular. He was pretty popular. Um, shout outs. Shout outs to the ring attendant who had to carry an Iraqi flag on camera. That's, that's wild. <laughs> that just like that's what I did at work today. <laughs> Is Sergeant Slaughter the only person to wrestle a WrestleMania main event in khaki slacks? I could see Cena probably in khaki shorts, but mm. I can't think of anyone else because he wasn't even wearing his like he would usually wear like a, a shirt and trunk like a snug t shirt basically and like wrestling trunks, right? Mm-hmm. But he was in like khakis. Yeah. It was weird. 45 minutes into this match, the two finally lock up. And then the ref breaks it up because they're in the ropes. And then they shove the ref away. (laughs) And then they do that again. And then Hogan shoves Slaughter down to win the lockup. And then they end up outside. Slaughter hits Hogan with a chair and Hogan no-sells it. This, This is awful so far. Slaughter's bumps are fun to watch, though. And it's a good thing because... This match is a squash. Uh, and the crowd is going wild, right? Yeah. So that's something. And Hogan keeps shoving the ref. And, like, honestly, they should have booked this match to end with a DQ. I think that would have fucking ruled. <laughs> if really? Hogan, I think it 2021 me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thinks it would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> now you're uh, on to something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, uh, because uh, who the fuck was this milk toast ass ref? Assert yourself. Man, Ugh. what what if Sergeant Slaughter literally just ran away at the start, lost by count out? How good would that be? Not very, but I'd like then, it. And then, and then you could just do Jack Tunney, like, you know, well, as a result of desertion or whatever, fucking Hulk Hogan <laughs> champion. So Hulk Hogan goes for, he's going to go for one of his famous top rope maneuvers, but oh, shoot, Sergeant Slaughter throws him off. And that was Hogan's first bump of the match. <laughs> and, and okay, cool. We're in the heat part now. And then they keep talking like the announcers keep talking. Well, we're seeing some of Sergeant Slaughter's new rules. And it's like, you could have just made it a no DQ match. Yeah. And done all this same shit. And it would have made a million times more sense. A million gazillion, babillion, flurfrillion. You know? Um, (laughs) Slaughter puts Hogan in a Boston crab directly next to the ropes sergeant slaughter not a strong submission wrestler it would appear not a not a great mat technician you know so the the cobra clutch he used to put it on while standing and now he's doing the camel clutch it's totally different psychology he's just not used to it yet it's true that's true it's his new rules he was hoisting yeah new rules um so then 
after about an hour and a half, despite being directly next to the ropes, Hogan finally puts a hand on the ropes. And then for the second time in the match, Sergeant Slaughter is acting like he won. Yeah. Is that, was that just something he always did? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Very weird. Yeah. So Sarge, this was kind of interesting. He did a stomp off the top rope. So really all you're doing is jumping off the top rope and landing on your feet, which is not a huge spot, but then he does a shoulder roll and like for this match, that's a fucking high spot. So like he jumps off the top rope to do a stomp or whatever to Hogan's face. And then he just does a forward like shoulder roll. And I'm like, okay, this is the most athletic thing I've seen in like hours. (laughs) It feels like. And then general Adnan distracts the referee while Sergeant Slaughter gets a visual pin on Hulk Hogan. This shocked me a little bit. Can't really explain that one. Yeah, that one did not make sense to me. Maybe it was just throwing Slaughter a bone, like like a gold watch kind of thing. I don't quite get it. But like there are ways to do that that don't make your manager look like an idiot, you know? Well, right, right. Why is the bad guy ref distracting him? Right. These guys are like buffoons. (laughs) <laughs> like these guys are both buffoons right right it's it's almost like it's keystone cops except like oh hulkamania is like strong brother so they look like jobbers when they've probably spent the last two months like this shit has been working when they do it against fucking hacksaw jim duggan and fucking coco Ware or whatever <laughs> so then they hit hulk hogan right in the top of his fucking dome with a chair which I did not like. Like, right on the tippy top of his head. Yeah. Hated that. Hated, hated, hated. Like, fuck Hulk Hogan, you know. But, like, don't hit anyone in the head. Oh, I... Blah, blah. Anyway. And that's when Hogan... I assume he does a big old blade job here. Whew. And, uh, you know... We got Hogan bleeding and selling sitting in the camel clutch and it's not quite the Austin in the sharpshooter visual, but this building is on fire for it. And conversely, I don't think I'd ever watched this show before. And what I took from it is that Sergeant Slaughter followed. uh, He he did exactly what he would say. He uh, established what the new rules were, which was hit Hulk Hogan with a chair, put him in the camel clutch and then he hit Break Hulk Hogan back. with a chair, put him in the camel clutch. Yeah. Hulk Hogan or, or Sergeant Slaughter did exactly what he said he was going to do. Um, I mean, he also said he might run away. He didn't do that. But he said he'd hit him with a chair and put him in the camel clutch. And he did it. And he almost won. That's true. But his big fuck up came in just a moment, didn't it? Well, so Hogan gets his hope spot first. Mm-hmm. He, he's like powering up and everyone's going, oh yeah, Hulk, woohoo, right? He's powering up out of the thing and he has Sergeant kind of like a piggyback, but then he gets thrown in the turnbuckle that cuts off the hoax, the hope spot, right? Like, like a, a slaughter, you know, pushes him into the turnbuckle and he falls again. And then he goes too far. He took it too far. He took it too far. He covers Hulk Hogan with the Iraqi flag for a two count and that how the fuck is that not a recipe for a hulk up slaughter watch your fucking tapes dude 
you know, do your, do your research before your match, you know, and you know, the rest, the finish was the, he did his Hulk Hogan moves, Irish whip, big boot, whatever he pins him. Did they have to like get the fuck out or something? Because that's all it was. It, it was... could be they had to get the fuck out. It could be just, just that was the finish. When it's time to go home, it's time to go the fuck home. And Sarge just, isn't getting paid by the hour. He just blocked. He blocked like two or three punches, and you know, hits him back. He, he being Hulk Hogan, and then throws Slaughter into the ropes. Or uh, yeah, Sergeant Slaughter into the ropes, boots him, leg drop. There was no like, you know. Oh, I almost got my move, and then they got out, and then the reversal, reversal. And I know that WWF at this era didn't really do that that much. They didn't do the modern, like, reversal, reversal style. But, like, right, right, right. it was so perfunctory. And it wasn't, like, a long you, pose before hitting the boot. Yeah. Just and boop, I'm sorry, boop, but boop. Do, you want, do you want Hogan and Slaughter, like, trading reversals for five minutes before the finish? I, you know, like they, they could do the thing where you run to, you got him from behind, you run to the ropes, do an O'Connor roll, and then he flips him out, gets him in the Cobra clutch. No, I don't expect them to do that. Yeah. I just expected uh, like the comeback to be more than 10 seconds and then the finish, but it was what it was. They, they went yeah, home I, and the crowd ate it up. Yeah. Everybody got exactly what they wanted. It wasn't, it wasn't good. Right? No. <laughs> but it wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah. all caps bad by any means. No. Right? Sarge Sarge was putting in the work. He was trying. And Hogan is an ultra super hyper megastar. And he did, to be fair, save America from Iraq for 12 years. Um, but Sergeant Slaughter is not a main eventer. He is not, 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 not a main eventer. Uh, I gave it two stars. I'm going to guess Dave gave it one and a half. Would you be shocked to hear that he gave it an additional star? He gave it two and a half. He gave it two and a half stars. Yep, he said, but they did go 20 the minutes blood. and it wasn't blood. boring. <laughs> it wasn't boring. No, it was not. None, none of it was good. Slaughter, Sarge is no good. And Hogan can't like carry a guy, you know, unless right. it's like a. Like, unless he's like a big dude who can like earthquake, who's right. not that great, but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if Slaughter's body were such that he could do the big bump routine for more than like a minute or two to start the match, like if he could do yeah. it throughout the match, then it would probably be pr something really great because like when he does do his big goofy over the top bumps, they're great. Um, they don't look as good in a company that has Kurt Hennig, I guess, because Hennig does nothing but big, goofy, crazy bumps. But, you know, Slaughter's a big dude and he takes some crazy bumps, but it's just where he's at in his 40s or whatever he is here, 40, 41, right. I don't know exactly. And again, for perspective, Brian Danielson is 40 years old. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, so, I mean, I get that, like, this was also 30 years ago and blah, 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 blah. But, like... Mm -hmm. 40 means such a different thing now in wrestling, doesn't it? It does. You know, punk is what, 43 right now or something? Something around there, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it's a good thing that these guys' bodies are, you know, such that they can still do it. Yep. So it, It's a lot better than it was. For sure, for sure. Uh, it is at this point, as Hulk Hogan is celebrating, that Gorilla Monsoon says, and now finally this war is officially over. Oh, my God. Isn't that amazing? And then 
this was the damnedest thing I've ever seen. So Hulk Hogan is all bloody and he's posing in the ring and he's celebrating and every once in a while, you know, after a match, Hogan would like go grab a sign that he liked or a flag from a fan in the crowd and wave it in the ring. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hogan grabs a flag and he's like, you know, holding it up or whatever. And then he wipes his blood on an American <laughs> flag. Oh my. He wipes his blood on an American flag and throws it into the crowd. Oh, I missed that part. It Holy shit. The damnedest fucking Hoganist fucking weirdest fucking thing. My dude wiped his blood on. I need to say this again. He wiped his blood on an American flag. It's on Peacock. It's there. It was insane. I'm pulling it back up while we talk. I'll let you know when I see it. I cannot believe that. I cannot believe that. Holy <laughs> fucking shit. And there it, he is, blood streaming down his face, big thumbs up, got the flag in his hand, doing his posing routine. Ugh. I can't believe that. Did you? Did he do it? I'm watching it now. He's waving it. He's on the uh, the apron. He's waving the flag. Oh, it cut. My copy cut. Oh, man. All right. I'll try. I'll try and get video. I'll try and get video, you know, from my phone. Oh, dude. If I'm completely out to lunch on this. I I believe that he did this and we will not correct it if he didn't. Yes, that is the stated position. <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to do my due diligence after we record and uh, you know it'll be up on Twitter and we'll talk about it. I'm looking Or should I do that, that on the air as we do awards? I guess I could do that. I'm in my living room after all. I have a smart TV for the I mean I bought it like months ago, but I have a smart TV for the first time. Cool. You liking it? I do like it. I like not having to fuck around with a Chromecast anymore. Mm, that's probably pretty nice. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> All right, so shall we jump into the awards? Well, so real quick, um, yeah. I just kind of want to give my like Jerry Springer final thoughts. All right, um, go right ahead. Just okay. So thirty years later, this was not a superb show by any means. No, by any any means. But being me this this was like a psychological experiment for me to some degree because it was the first wrestling right that i ever remember seeing and here the fuck i am Mm -hmm. all these years later so i understand how it appealed to my little six-year-old baby self right yeah to the point where grading it almost feels inappropriate but at the end of the day none of the matches were great there were no memorable promos, but it was seldom boring, so I gave it a C plus. That's where mm. I'm at. All right. That's all. Letter grade, where are you at on this one? The show, um, it's kind of a twofold issue for me in that sure. the show is, the things I want from WWF, you don't get it very often, but if I get great matches, then great. And if I don't, I want it to be really, really, really silly. Now, I got a couple of silly things today, and I got one really great match. And the Rockers opener I liked. But um, the show was just 
just excruciatingly long, which is a big yes. thumbs down to me. Yes. Um, generally speaking, the uh, pay-per-views, modern pay-per-views are seven or eight matches, including maybe a pre-show match, uh, you know, to lead into the show. So that's at most maybe nine matches. And that's great. 15 is like, it's, it's painful almost. So I don't like that. Uh, yeah. The, like, Hulk Hogan, 1990, 1991, for the main events, he pretty much always knocked it out of the park, at the very least, on the big shows. And this is his worst, I think the worst match I've seen of his since we started this run, as far as, like, an actual big match. There might have been a Saturday night's main event or something. Um, and I get it, Slaughter. Yeah, you know? they did the best they could. Yeah, they did the, the best blood, they could. The, the, like, I get, if you don't like blood and wrestling, that's I get it, but, like, it helped. That's what he does. He he got hit with the chair and got put in the camel clutch, bleeding everywhere, and people got into it. So it, it's not that I hated this show because I didn't. I I thought overall it was pretty fun. It's just the second half of it was so many one or two minute matches that I'm just there. It is. I just I'm sorry. I'm watching back the footage. He just okay. Is it when he leaves the ring or is he still in the ring? Dude, there's uh, this cut of it probably has like an additional like two minutes of Hulk Hogan posing. This owns. All right. So I will just summarize with what did you give the show? C plus. That's fair. I'll give it a C plus. I, that that you can't really go lower than that with the Savage Warrior match on right. a show like this to me. And the main event wasn't did not lay an egg. So I liked that. No, by no means. By no means. It, it, uh, the, the match sucks on paper, and it was better than it had any right to be. Yeah. You know? Pretty much um, that. Or, well, it was the best it could reasonably be expected to be. Found the video? Or the, the you found where it happens? How are you yep. going to, to where are you gonna, what are you going to do with it? A video on my phone of it just now. I'm going to. Shit, I don't feel like sending it through Skype. I'm DMing it to you on Twitter. Works for me. Hopefully, the video deal will work because sometimes Twitter's a real asshole about that shit. But the the volume is down because we're recording a fucking podcast while I'm doing this. But mm. well, I appreciate it. As soon as I see it, I will <laughs> take is, a look. I, the more I watch it, the weirder it fucking is. He gives people the essence of America and puts it on the representation. Of I mean, America, if I'm doing some fucking like witchcraft shit, I get that. Maybe it, maybe they knew, maybe this is another, let's throw fucking Cramine flurry a bone because they, they'll be recording that podcast right after Halloween. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know. It's something I'm trying here. <laughs> I appreciate their uh, consideration. Maybe that's how fucking Iraq finally surrendered. Is that what it was? Hulk Hogan will do his fucking magic. Oh, shit. Oh, the video came through. I want your live reaction. Oh, you weren't lying. He what? Holy shit. He wipes his blood from his forehead onto old glory. And just chucks it at someone in the front row. Probably Donald Trump. Chuck Norris, that whole clique. Yeah. I I am like <laughs> they wouldn't burn a flag. But that is defacing a flag. 
wiped his fucking blood on an American flag. They peed on your fucking rug. Like that. You have to say it out loud several times for it to feel like something that actually happened. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, that is amazing. Absolutely out of control. Yeah. So awards. Awards. Let's let's go into these fucking awards here. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do awards, shall we? Okay. So we've got a couple uh, immovable objects awards here. Um, And we should mention that uh, next week we're actually going to be doing, because WrestleMania is so often the end of things. It's the end of the cycle. In season finale. So next week on the show, we are going to do the overall awards of this 1990 to 1991 watch that we did. Ole Anderson's disastrous run in WCW and... Well, Rocky no, defector bullshit. Well, no, because we did award. Well, let me think. Is it worth doing awards? How many shows have we fucking covered since the last time we did awards? That's a good point. Not that many. Yeah. Yeah, not that many. Because we did them when Ole got ousted, right? Uh, was Starcade his last show? Uh, I think Stark. I think we wrapped up at Starcade because that we was were a like, lame right, duck. End of yeah. the year. He was tech, like, I guess you could call him the booker for that, but like he was already, he wasn't even, I don't think he was even backstage because he had been canned Yeah. for Starcade, if I remember correctly. I think he was already done. Yeah. Oh, this is all the Dusty stuff we're watching now. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. Watching Dusty and, and uh, most of the Iraqi sympathizer slash defector slash horseshit. Turncoat. <laughs> Turncoat. Yeah. So. Just a word I only ever hear in wrestling. You're not wrong, are you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's uh, do some awards. Me, yeah, take me through these awards. Who was the most valuable player? And we're do- are we doing them just for part two or for the whole show? Let's do the whole shebangity bang. All right, whole shebangity bang. Let's do it. Because we kind of did like a low key. We did a low key first half awards. Now let's talk about like the the cream of the crop. If All you right. Will. The if you will the twilight's last creaming. Twilight's last creaming, if you will, Sapphire. So the most Um, valuable player on this show, and it's not even fucking close, is Randy Savage. Really? Great match with the Ultimate Warrior, all-time classic, uh, post-match Delia Bob, high point of the show in both segments and in match. If you take anything from this show, you take that match and that post-match. I want to name two also-rans. Okay. Um, well, you, if you don't agree, you can go with whoever you want. You know, I'm never going to be. No, well, no, no, no. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Your All argument right. is very persuasive. Hmm. Uh, and I'm probably convinced, but I just want to throw two names out there. Uh, and they both maybe have asterisks. Sherry was great. Always. Sherry, yes. Sherry, as usual. Maybe not, you know, she did what she had to do. It wasn't Sherry's night. You know, she wasn't there to be featured, featured the way Liz was. And that's fine. Um, and I also thought Bobby Heenan on the first half was really, really great on commentary and he's just great to listen to, but he had some rough lines in the second half, which is kind of my feeling on that. I agree with that. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, you've convinced me savage. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dragging a match that good out of the warrior taking like five bumps right on your fucking hip. Yeah, sure. He and put apparently in the work. doing it all with a recently broken thumb. So 
was going into it with uh, some problems. Put in yeah. the work. So, I mean, we kind of already tipped our hat on this one, but who was the most Virgil player? What wrestler or person most exemplified this, the qualities of young Virgil? Again, this is a this is a why we named the award after you level performance. <laughs> this is this is like the most Virgil. This is this is like a white zombie song called "More Virgil Than Virgil." Like that's what the fuck this is. Like I, this was meta Virgil. This was like like I don't know. It was peak virgility, and congratulations. It can be. It had to be you, wonderful you. It had to be you. Yeah. He's he's really <laughs> something. He's so bad he's, at pro wrestling. It was it was so great. It's and virtual. <laughs> I, if we continue, okay. So the next, like, you know, we don't quite know what historical thread we're going to be following next, right? Mm-hmm. That's but right. if we keep going, we are going to be giving this award to Virgil so the fuck many times. This is the Virgil push. <laughs> like, like he challenged Bret Hart wins the world title in '92. Virgil is one of his first challengers. I need to find that match. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the era of Virgil. I'm personally very excited to see what Virgil does when he's Vincent in the NWO. I do not want to watch that. Or was he Shane in the West Texas Rednecks? Is that when he was Shane? When was what was Curly Bill? Wasn't he? Maybe also that was Curly? that. Maybe that yeah. was that. Because he was Shane at some point. Maybe that's yeah. just a, another NWO iteration or new new blood, young blood, whatever, new breed. Uh, I don't yeah, the Young Bloods. Young Blood. The, what were they called? What was that? What was their tag team name? Oh my God, Renegade the Warriors. Renegade Warriors. The Young Bloods, <laughs> the Renegade Warriors. Good heavens. So, what's the other V? Most valuable most vladimir, most, virtual, most vladimir who's the fan who's the best That's fan the fan the guy the fucking toilet lid guy rick moranis guy the sweet bit man with the wonderful hat hat love, hat on love him maybe it looked like jameson do not think it was jameson but kind of looked like jameson um yeah big fan big fan yeah that kid is one of a kind and think of how good that kid is to win that award on a show where vladimir was in the crowd Fucking getting something. camera time with Shawn Michaels. That's right. High fiving. Yep. All right. Who is the uh, Earthquake Memorial Award for cutest wrestler? Or do we call uh, this the 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 Earthquake slash tugboat? I know the Natural Disaster Award for the cutest. Natural Cuties. Yeah, I don't know. We may need to workshop some of these award names. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Who was a cutie patootie on this show? I don't know. Winston. Winston was a cutie. Was the dog. I, can I, can I, that fan win again? Uh, yeah. Let's not push it, maybe. Okay. I, I like the dog. That was a cute dog. I like dogs. I And I don't got nobody else. Like, I had Virgil, because it's like, oh, dude. Like, like you fucking tried, but, like, dude. <laughs> in In that kind of a way. Yeah. You know, like in a patronizing way. And like Earthquake was on the show. He was. You know, he wasn't very cute. No, not he was mostly today. being He was mostly being Scary Quake Man, but. He, he's being a meanie. Yeah, he was not nice on this show. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. This was not a cute show. No. Uh, uh, yeah, this was really not a cute show. Almost feels like cheating to give it to the dog, but the dog is cute. So I feel you know, like the dog deserves it. You know who's kind of cute? Who? For just, despite not being very good. Hmm. Lord Alfred Hayes. <laughs> Lord Alfred Hayes is likable. I, I do find him... <laughs> Adorable and endearing. Yeah. And I may just throw him this bone. Taking the bone from the dog. Yeah, that's oh fuck. But that see now you've said that, and I don't (laughs) like that. So they will share it. Okay. All right. I can get behind that. Sharon here from all right. So a dual winner here between Winston the dog and Lord Alfred Hayes. All right. So very British, though. Yes. A very, oh, a, a, yes. A very cute British type thing on such an American show. A shameful performance from the Americans. Well, Who is the we... cutest American on this show? Liz, you know, it was cute when she went, you know, I'm so happy that like my boyfriend's back or whatever. <laughs> you know, yep. not uh, not a lot of uh, it's slim pickings. It's slim. He was not on this show. He wasn't. Nor was Rhubarb Jones. <laughs> Who no, was but the... Soul Train Jones was. He was. He's right? god That's, awful. Yeah. Love him. Yeah, he's not very Do good. we still do least valuable? Is that one we do? I, it's Virgil, right? <laughs> like, it's Virgil again. Who was who was who was the worst thing on this show? Uh Virgil, Crush, Katow. I would say those would be the front runners, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not like um, Honorable mention to Regis for the weird fucking Japanese people are babies thing, which was awful. Um, and Alex Trebek for just doing Jeopardy. Come on, Alex. Like Alex Trebek. Doesn't have to just be Jeopardy all day, Alex. That's true. He was very like, that's all I do. Yep. But that's very WWF of them. I see. And I would much prefer something like. Give me a backstage skit where, like, Axe Smash and Mr. Fuji are playing Jeopardy. There you go. And I bet that's better than what we got. And, like, whatever. Like, you ask a question and then Crush gives his weird answer. You do one of those SNL Jeopardy sketches, right, 10 years or whatever before they actually did them with Mm -hmm. actual Alex Trebek and pro wrestlers, that's five stars. I gave my own idea five stars. I don't even fucking care. Um... (laughs) That said, yeah, Virgil, Virgil, Crush, and Katow are my are my front runners. So I don't know. I yeah. don't really want Virgil to run away with all of these awards, but I don't know. He's kind of earning them. <laughs> like, if he earns them, he gets them to me. Yeah. All I'm, right, I'm Virgil. All all in on Virgil. Yeah. Who is the classy Freddie Blassie fashion plate award winner for sartorial savvy? Did I finally get it right? Uh, probably. I don't fucking remember. Uh, which well-dressed you... man is every girl crazy for uh, it's definitely not a man on this show it's no. fucking Eowyn from Lord I am no man and then stabs the macho king in the face well what about um, Andre and his civvies as you pointed there out there were lots and lot. listen there were lots and lots of really good honorable mentions right we had Andre and his civvies we had Lou Ferrigno's Hawaiian shirt we had uh uh the Fonz's fucking like Christmas sweater. Like it wasn't a, it was like a corded braided, like 
wool sweater. It looked very warm and nice, which I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's not what I would be wearing in April or March in California, but whatever. But like, it's Sherry. How could it be anyone but Sherry? Oh, oh, for the, uh, for the, for part one. For the Macho Man stuff. The, yeah, 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 she, yeah. she gradually revealed, and this sounds bad, but, like, the more she took off, the better she looked. But it's not a th- it's not that thing, right? It's just a, like, oh, this outfit is three different outfits. <laughs> like, it was awesome. It was peak Blassitude. There was really a lot, like, and again, this is a name the award after you performance. I think we got to talk. Is it the Sensational Queen Sherry Award for Ooh. Outstanding Achievement in Sartorial Savvy? I do feel like she wins it or is in the running for it quite I a lot. F- I feel like she is more relevant to the show than Freddie Blassie. But then what do you call it? The Sherry Award? I, I just change, swap out Control-F Freddie Blassie yeah, for I don't know. Sensational Sherry. We'll probably just keep calling it Blass, like Blassie Martell. There you go. Yeah, the Blassie Martell Award. And we'll see. We'll see how it gels. Um, But yeah, it's Sherry. Absolutely, 100%. If we're only yeah. talking about the second half of the show, pff, I don't fucking know. Uh, it's a toss-up between all these celebrities. All the, all the, like, in the crowd celebrities, the, like, not ready for primetime player celebrities. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we only want 10 seconds of TV time, please and thank you. All right, so we've got, I think, only two more left. And uh, I'm hoping we got a triple crown winner here finally. But who was the uh, Robert Gibson award winner for not the main character? We have two really strong contenders here, I think. Um, who, who other than Virgil is our strong contender? Oh, Sarge. Sergeant um, Slaughter. Cutting a promo. You're the world heavyweight champ. He, he is absolutely the most not the main character world heavyweight champion. Uh, certainly up to this point. In the right? Hogan, well, in any WWF era. WWF. In like the, let's say the pay-per-view yeah. era. Which I guess is just what, Hogan Savage Warrior, like whatever. But yeah. like, he's so nothing. He couldn't get a clean win over Jim Duggan on on the main event show. That's you know true. What I mean? That is like, true. And he cut a promo about how, yeah. I'm the world champion and I'm, I've got this big match with Hulk Hogan that you're all probably really excited to see. Maybe I'll just walk out. I could just do that. Cause I know I can't beat Hulk Hogan. He's basically saying he knows he can't beat Hulk Hogan, you know, even like, even if it's some shit, well, yes, that's true. (laughs) But like, you know, do you think, uh, Andre, the giant was cutting, you know, well, you know, I'm not going to do an Andre. I can't do an Andre voice. But, you know, is he cutting fucking, uh, well, you know, I can't beat Hulk Hogan, but God damn it, 93,000 of you are going to be there. Like, that's not happening. <laughs> so. I, but the Virgil angle was all about Piper. Right. And he got a count out win. Yep. Slaughter at least got to hit Hulk Hogan with a chair. Yeah, like the, the, the thing the thing to me is Virgil's a baby face. 
and he puts in a performance that makes the crowd quieter and quieter <laughs> yeah. as they go. And at least with Slaughter and Hogan during that match, Slaughter, when he's, you know, got Hogan in the, in the uh, camel clutch. Slaughter's heat was hot. Crowd was going nuts, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And Virgil's like, <laughs> you, first off, the only reason people are cheering is because Piper is there demanding that they cheer. And then you win because uh, the guy you're facing who has beaten your ass <laughs> is now beating up the guy that uh, you came out with. So he beats him up. And then he gets back in the ring, kicks your ass more, okay. starts choking you. Imagine, imagine if at the end of Rocky, Mickey gets in the ring and like Apollo Creed punches him. And then the end of the movie is Rocky shouting at Mickey to stand up. And then, and then, like, the credits, like, the credits come up. And instead of being called Rocky, the movie is called Mickey. And then Mickey, like, Burgess Meredith is the first actor. And, like, that's what that was. So, yes, fuck it. He, Roddy Piper was the main character of that segment. 100% he was. Yeah, it's Virgil. <laughs> Triple crown. Wow. Most Virgil, least valuable, and the Gibson. And the Gibson Award. Uh, I've never been more proud of What do Virgil. we call that? Do we call that, like, the full, the full Virgil? <laughs> like, top virgility, maximum verge? Is there another negative award that we have? I think those are the only three negative ones, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, I think we toyed with doing like most racist, which would go to Regis on this show. Um, that's a good night for WWF programming in the nineties. Then I know well, they, that's the thing. They were, they were kind of on their best behavior mm -hmm. as far as like the tackiness goes. They were, you know, it felt like just about any other, uh, you know, evil foreigner, thing the problem is it's the main event of wrestle ass mania <laughs> <laughs> and it's a story from a fucking 1986 house show you know mm -hmm. it just doesn't work no so, all right we uh, got one more i believe what you got I, one more award i think um we have as you called it today the mary tyler moore and or rhubarb jones celebrity award for most out of their depth. The, when you're jonesing for more. <laughs> that's really good. Uh, we'll we'll oh, workshop really these good. names. We'll workshop these names. And it, and it can be, you know, most out of their depth or just someone you thought was great. Like when Euchre would do it or I, whatever. It, it just felt very like, how do you do fellow wrestling fans? When Henry Winkler was like, I'm so glad the ultimate warrior got his ultimate win. Undertaker dropping thunder on fakers. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're rubbing conditioner <laughs> on our bodies. <laughs> Man, Flurry, can you? I'm sorry. This is an aside, but we need to, because it came up and it's hilarious. Man, Flurry, <laughs> can you explain what we're talking about right now? And I'll see if I can find the audio. <laughs> but for some reason, there is a uh, random show, maybe a SmackDown, I think, yeah, but I think it doesn't it was matter. A raw. Yeah, it's years it and years ago. It was a TV taping, you know, or, or a yep. show. Yeah. WWF does what they, WWE 
does what they do where they, you know, the celebrities at ringside and they're now here's an interview with LL Cool J, the star of what was he doing SWAT at that point or I don't whatever. Know, yeah, some movie or TV show. Yeah. So LL Cool J starts the thing off by saying, I've seen people walking around putting conditioner on their body. <laughs> I don't know what that means still to this day, but he says, I've seen people walking around with conditioner on their body. And then they ask him another question, which he responds to saying something to the effect of Undertaker dropping thunder on fakers. Thank you for your time, LL Cool J. Let's send it back to the ring. I still don't know what the fuck happened there, but it was great. That's that's another classic one, man. Rubbing conditioner on your body. Yeah. These weird, uh, uh, also, I really liked the time uh, Fred Durst gave the camera the double bird and he got like a <laughs> lifetime ban or whatever. He got like kicked out of the arena for it. <laughs> yeah, nothing quite compares to John Popper on a random, I think, WCW just biting into his like plastic cup of beer <laughs> and sending it spraying and dribbling all over himself and then presumably wow. harassing Nasboat. Yeah. Uh, oh, very weird. Um, I mean, yeah, my like most out of their depth celebrity. Is that it? I guess so. Although whatever you think would be funniest. Yeah. Cause uh, I mean, let's, do you want to just like, let's just do the checklist of the celebrities. All right. Yeah. So we had our three backstage friends, right? Marla Maples, who didn't really do anything. They asked very little of her. She was fine. She was fine. Uh, Regis. Again, great first half, horrible second half, right? He did the cutesy stuff with fucking Mean Gene, and then he did the shitty stuff with Tenor and Katow. Um, so, nah, he was fine. Trebek, miscast, but he was fine. I, th- I think it's Henry Winkler, because Trump is just fucking doing whatever. I'm Donald Trump, and I'm a fucking weirdo. Yep, he does his uh, bullshit. And Chuck Norris was like... Chuck Norris comes off like an actual wrestling fan. Right. Or like, a, you know, well, I used to like like a fan nowadays. It, that would be the equivalent of like, I don't know. Like Bruce Willis. That's too old. Even someone. I don't know. Whoever. And a, Vin Diesel or whoever coming on and being like, oh, yeah, I was a big fan of Bret Hart and Stone Cold and all those. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, it's worth mentioning, especially like Argent, uh, Argentina Rocca. Um. I think he died like 10, 15 years prior to this show. Well, right. So, and Chuck Norris is fucking old even then. Chuck Norris yeah. is in like his 50s at this point, isn't he? In the early 90s. That dude's in fucking his, old. Is he in his 80s now? I would believe that. Wow. Chuck what a Norris. piece of shit he turned out to be. He was born in 1940, so he's 81 years old. Wow. Think yeah, he can still do a kick? Funny. I don't know, probably. Do a, a front kick? I'm going to be honest. He probably could have had a better match than half the guys on this show. Like, yeah. I, I would rather watch a fucking Walker, Texas Ranger fight scene than <laughs> probably half these matches. Because, <laughs> um, you know, Walker, Texas Ranger, I know all of the words to that theme song because it was on before Raw. Mm, right. So every week I would hear that's what the Ranger is going to do. So that's the other uh, Chuck. Yeah. And then Chuck Norris did a SummerSlam or something, didn't he? 
he did a couple things with WWF, so he's probably fucking in it. Yeah, probably. He, he probably actually likes wrestling, and that's fine. Lots he's of he's a big mark. Like, yeah, he's a dumb. He's Chuck Norris, Mark. I would never uh, enjoy but it's, wrestling. I, I think the most like the most like I don't know why I'm here. Celebrity felt like Henry Winkler. Of the ones who Mary are Tyler not involved, Moore, yes. The, the Mary Tyler Moore, I don't know why I'm here award. Yes. Feel, feels feels about right. Let's let's do that. So I think it goes to Henry Winkler. Yeah, because I, I felt like Trebek wasn't particularly great in the backstage stuff just because they had him be like, the whole thing was he's like just, a who's on first team. just routine. a bad fit for wrestling. Right. But he Regis really, is like practically gene okerlin not as good as him but like he makes is perfect regis is a perfect fit for that even in the main event when he didn't know what the fuck he was doing yep you know he was fine but yeah winkler was very much like oh i just love that ultimate warrior yeah i'm so glad the ultimate warrior got his ultimate win (laughs) and then they they slowly you know take the gun off his back put it in their holster (laughs) Hail Hydra. And he gets to go about his day. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yep. No one here had the charisma of Rhubarb Jones, of course, but who, who does? does? Yeah. The third best DJ in the mid-Atlantic region. We will not, we will not be able to give this award out very often. <laughs> no. Le- I mean, I guess if it's the Why Am I Here award, we could probably give one out every week. <laughs> That's true. The Why Am yeah, I Here You know, if it's, if it's not necessarily a celebrity, like... Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of like the idea of the Mary Tyler Moore <laughs> Why Am I Here award. And it's hilarious, because we've never even fucking reviewed that show on this show. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mary Tyler Moore was at WrestleMania 6. It didn't make sense. It was hilarious. She Hulk was asked Hogan's questions, wife. and she did not want to be as, being asked she, questions. She, she was having none of it. It was so great. Was Why was she there? Yeah. The mystery continues to this day. It was a mysterious show. Well, WrestleMania 7's in the books. It had some good. Had a whole lot of, why did this happen? Overall, I had fun watching it little too long but it way too long way the fuck too long yep. you cut out the the chaff have a couple of the matches go a little longer i think you've got a really really good show here especially if the matches you cut are all the bad ones <clears throat> but yeah, it's over it's in the books and we're on hulk hogan wiped his blood on an american flag yeah we just need i i don't un such a weird man the blood of a true patriot yeah it's probably like the the most prized possession of the person who caught it right if it was trump sure it's the fucking talisman that he built his whole fucking political career off of you know i have to look into this more because i bet he did throw that i have to like try to figure out the sight lines and who was it was he directly opposite hard cam like on the same side of hard cam i'm gonna find out cramine we need to we need to get to the bottom of it. You do that. You feel free to fucking watch the Zapruder film this out. For you, I'll do it. You know. Yes, indeed, you do. So we'll be back next week with awards. That should be a good time. Yeah, 
and then we'll see where we go. Uh, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, I figure man Fleury and I will do a little bit of soul searching, you know, and we'll figure out, well, do we want to keep going with 91? Cause like, I hate to break it to you. There's more fucking America versus Iraq shit with Sergeant Slaughter. Cause they, the main event of SummerSlam is Hogan and warrior versus slaughter Adnan and fucking iron Sheik. That's the one where warrior gets fired when he comes back. Right. The match. Yes. It's the match. I think so. Um, and you have the match made in heaven, which is because because uh, between Mania and SummerSlam, Macho Man and Elizabeth get engaged, and then it's the match made in heaven and the match made in hell. And then I won't spoil what happens at Macho and Liz's <laughs> wedding, but it's funny. Um, <laughs> uh, do you know what it is, Man Flurry? I do know what happens. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and it's funny. <laughs> I believe it was it written it's... in the Observer as the snake went into business for itself. <laughs> yeah, basically, Jake the Snake and the Undertaker crash the wedding and beat up Macho Man. They drop thunder uh, on fakers, Cramine. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't really want to keep going through all. I I maybe could use a change of pace, but at the same time, the continuity is yeah. fun. So it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's take some time to think about it. See where we'd like to go. We can always jump ahead and then jump back. I'm starting to get yeah. a little bit fatigued on early '90s wrestling, but I've never experienced the changeover from the Hogan era to the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart stuff. So, so maybe we hit the fast forward button a little. Maybe, maybe we like. I don't. I'm a little intrigued by the like. Here comes Flair stuff. The mm-hmm. you know. The the flare flare has a very interesting 1991. You got that right. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a very interesting time. Um, but at the same time, I agree. I'm a little little worn out. So maybe off air we can talk about. Uh, you know, we'll pitch a couple things. Whatever. We don't got to talk yeah. about the methodology on the air. We'll figure it out. No, the last thing we want to do is be open about our methodology. No one gets to know our secrets. Yeah, it's a, Hyd- it's a walled garden. That's right, Hail Hydra. Hydra. So anyway, everyone, um, we will be back next week with awards. And then by then we will have an answer as to where we're going. So until then, we want to thank you all very, very much for joining us here on the show. It's been a wild ride, 1990 through 1991 to WrestleMania seven. Where did we start? It was capital com- combat, capital carnage, whatever that, the RoboCop one. That was like. March or April? Was it June? We went approximately a year. May or June? Yeah. Yeah, May sounds right. So, a little under a year. And uh, I feel like we really got the lay of the land. The land was laid. So, we'll be back. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I'm Man Flurry. That's Cramine. Yep. See you next time. Bye.